Okay, so uh, why don't you lay it on me? What's uh, what's going down? What's the scene? Colleen, you can start. Okay, well, um, we're both kind of in the defoo process, but like at different points, I guess. And I think we're having a little bit of trouble whenever we try to discuss it with each other. Um, there being a lot of tension, because there is still a lot of tension and um at least with me living at home and trying to get out cuz i'm trying to uh be financially independent and move out and everything and there's all kinds of problems with that and we at least want to be able to talk to each other about it so then you can't or it's not working it's not terrible but it's i always i feel like every time um, we try to talk about it. The other person's anxiety about their own situation kind of gets into the conversation. Right, right. Yeah, particularly mine. Whenever she starts to bring it up, uh, my anxiety levels skyrocket, and uh, often I'll even have a, a panic attack. And what is the what is the panic attack? What occurs for you there? Um, it's one of those kind of detached panic attacks. Uh, where you feel kind of detached from your body and you feel no emotions and you can't think straight and everything seems really like kind of far away. Right, and that of course is not particularly relaxing, relaxing for you, Colleen, right? Right. Okay, okay, okay. And um, uh, so, um, so Rich, what, what, what occurs to you when, when Colleen brings this stuff up, right? What, what is the feeling that you have about yourself or about your own situation? I start to um, think about my parents, and um, I start to get flooded with these thoughts of uh, kind of like a playback reel of all the good times with my parents, and a side of me trying to tell me, see, it wasn't all that bad. Right, and right. Yet I, I still know rationally that, you know, I wasn't uh, raised the way I should have been. Okay, Um so tell me uh, a little bit more. Like, how does that then translate to the the panic attack situation? Oh, okay. And then, yeah, then it's it's all these you know conflicting feelings. I, I you know, I feel really sad that I that it seems inevitable that I'm going to make this defu choice. And uh, usually, it's a lot of sadness, and it's it's hard to you know set that aside and listen to Colleen. So. Uh, she picks up on the emotions pretty quick. Sure. Uh, now, what is it that uh, makes it inevitable for you, or the thought that the thought is inevitable for you, of, of defooing? Oh, because I mean, the more I, the more Alice Miller I read, um, the more I discover about my own past, the more I realize, you know, my parents and I are completely different people, and I really don't enjoy their company at all anymore. I just get nervous whenever they call, whenever I go and visit. It's, you know, overall, I just basically don't want to be there. And to me, it just seems like the best thing for me would, would to be to live my own life and they live theirs. And uh, what is it? Is the issue with your parents that you feel that there's something immoral about them or is it just, there's just no real connection? Um, well, yeah, I confronted them over the, um, break about me being uh, you know anarchist atheist all all that stuff and 
It seemed to go well at first until I started to dig into my childhood and ask them about things that happened in my past, and then they got really defensive. My mom actually freaked out. She started yelling and saying, why are you doing this to us on Christmas Eve? And uh, <laughs> Right, right. I talked about wanting to go to a therapist, and she would, you know, her only response was this kind of angry, like, um, they'll make they'll make you hate us. Right. And just a lot of fear, and they kept saying, we, we did our best as, as parents. We did our best, like, over and over again. They, I mean, I kept telling them, just set that aside for a minute. Let's talk about my past, but it was, like, almost impossible for them to do that. And then I asked them about love and morality, and they had no clear definition. It almost seemed like very subjectivist definition, which surprised me. Why did that surprise you? Because uh, I always figured that they had it. They knew. Like, I, I guess I expected some sort of concrete answer, but... Sorry, have you read uh, either Untruth or UPB? Oh, yeah. So, um, after that, you still felt that they might have an answer? Yeah, I guess. No, I, I mean, guess I'm, I just, I'm just curious, right? I'm not saying should or shouldn't. Like, I'm just curious what you're, what you're thinking yeah, about. Yeah, for some that. reason I did. For some reason, well, I didn't think that they'd have my answer. I didn't think they'd have the same basis of morality that I had discovered, but um, they, uh, I, th- I figured it'd be grounded in religion or something, you know, but it was just kind of like... We do it because we think it's right. There wasn't really any basis to it. And do you think that if they had said that it was based in religion, that that would have been less subjective? No. I mean, I definitely see that uh, religious um, morality is subjective, but it's... uh, At least I'd understand, then, where it's all coming from. But then, you know, being moral relativist, I just didn't expect it. So you expected I, them to have a more sort of socially structured moral relativism like religion and so on. Right, right. And do you, they, they knew that you were an atheist by the time you started asking them about religion, right? Oh, yeah, they've known for about a year now. I didn't tell them. Somehow they found out and asked me about it, and they were very nervous about asking me about it. But we didn't really discuss it last year. We discussed it more this year. And... Um, I think that, uh, if I understand this right, this, this kind of makes sense that they would not talk to you about religion uh, because they, um, uh, they knew that you didn't believe, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, so you can't, like if somebody says, I have a, um, uh, I have a device which checks the validity of the currency, right? then clearly somebody with false currency is not going to want to put their currency through that thing, right? Oh, yeah, I never never thought about that. But does that, I mean, does that sort of make that, some sense? Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense now, because last year, I'm sure, if they hadn't, or I mean, if this year they hadn't have known I was an atheist, I'm sure now the discussion would have gone a little different. I mean, we did talk about God and everything, but it wasn't like a religious God. It was kind of like the way deists view God. Right, right. 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 Okay. So that, uh, you know, it's just to put it in context with your family, it can be really helpful if, uh, if we sort of understand this, this process, right? Right. Right. Okay. And um, uh, so, so the, the whole ethical thing didn't, didn't work out too well. Uh, no. the, uh, uh, and what was your primary complaint with regards to your family when you were talking to them? Or primary couple of complaints? Um, that I, I mean, I, I started it off with, you know, I've started to think a lot about myself and why I have so much anxiety 
And I think, I, I basically told him, I think it comes from my childhood, and I wanted to know more about my childhood. And, um, yeah, and then I did tell them, you know, this hurt me, that hurt me. Uh, and that's when my mom reacted badly. And what was the this or that that hurt you that you were talking about? Uh, a lot of stuff in the teenage years when my mom and I would battle about, you know, my curfew or me being able to... Uh, stay over the weekend at somebody's house, particularly my girlfriend's house at the time. Um, just things that I didn't see as moral problems, and yet they did, but they couldn't define them. So they would just... They never had answers for me, so they would just bully me into accepting their rules. And why do you think that they didn't want you to stay over at your girlfriend's place when you were a teenager? In, in re- like, it, not their story, but the reality. I think the reality was they didn't want... Um, their friends to see them as loose moral parents, quote-unquote. Right. So, of course, as I talked about in Untruth, they criticized you for your susceptibility to peer pressure or for having your own desires. And then, of course, it turned out that their own peer pressure susceptibility was very high, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Right, right. And how did you feel during the conversation with your parents? Did you experience the kind of panic or anxiety that you experience uh, when Colleen is talking about her issues? Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. I was, I mean, I was a mess. I very emotional. And then suddenly it all kind of clicked in my head. And then I had the, a panic attack and I couldn't quite convey my thoughts to them. And they kind of, it seemed like they were taking advantage of it. Like, see, you know. You don't even know what you want, right? Right. 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 And uh, can you tell me what you mean when you said just now, I was a mess? Uh, crying. I'm not sure what you mean when you say, though, that's a mess, right? Like, I mean, oh. if, you, if you stub your toe and you, you <laughs> jump about in pain, would you say, I'm a mess? No. No, what would you say? I'm hurt. Yeah, I was in pain, right? Yeah, I'm in pain. But yeah. it's not a mess, right? Right, right, right. I guess they they would call it a mess. Right, and and the reason that I'm pausing on these terms is that you have uh, your parents' experience of the interaction and you have your experience of the interaction. And your parents will do everything that they can to attempt to substitute their experience for your experience, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Right? Right. So, is uh, is either of your parents subject to uh, to panic attacks? Uh, my mom is, big time. And are what you, triggers Colleen, her? Are your Sorry, go ahead. Oh. I was asking Colleen if her parents had... No, no, let's just, <laughs> let's just focus on, on you for a sec. We'll, oh, okay, sure, We'll get sure. to Colleen. I just sort of wanted to, to ask uh, you for a sec. Sorry, Colleen, but I just want to sort of get, get this part laid out. Because this is the primary issue, right, that, Rich, that, that you're facing panic attacks when Colleen is talking about her family? Right. Right. So uh, your mother is subject to panic attacks, right? And yeah. so the first thing that we would look at, um, or we will look at, is the question of whether you ex- you're experiencing your panic attacks or your mother's. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they feel like mine. They, I've had them my, as, as long as I can remember. Right. But uh, let, me, uh, let me sort of say why uh, I think it may be possible, at least in the context of your relationship, that you're experiencing your mother's panic attacks, right? Okay. Because if you could wave a magic wand, right, and be five years past the Defu, living in another country, would you feel relieved about having that power? Oh, oh yeah. I, I talk about the fast-forward button all the time. I'm like, I want a fast-forward button so I can get, you know, past this. Right. I mean, that's, that's the sense that I got from, from you talking about it. So, 
So you desperately want to, to get past this phase, right? To get past the unpleasantness and difficulties of the defu process, right? Right. Okay. So, since that is the case, since, since the defu is good for you, right? Mm-hmm. Then it makes no sense, if it's your feeling, it makes no sense for you to have a panic attack about the defu, right? Yeah. You're, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I'll give you an example, right? Just get a metaphor that I know you got it, but just to sort of layer it in one more. If you have a, uh, a prison guard and you have a prisoner, and the moment that the prisoner goes free, the prison guard gets fired, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the date that the prisoner is going to be freed, he is going to start to feel what? Uh, a free freedom, good, I guess, a right? free going to feel happy, good, yeah. yeah, thrilled. Now, given that the prison guard is going to lose his job and face poverty, how is the prison guard going to feel? Bad. Right. Now, because the prison guard is a prison guard, and thus we can assume is relatively corrupt, how is the prison guard, is he going to take ownership for his own feelings of impending joblessness? No, he'll blame it on the prisoner escaping. Exactly, exactly, right? So, or the prisoner, maybe it's not escaping, maybe it's just the end of the term or, or whatever, or being right? Free, right, right, yeah. But for sure, he is going to blame the prisoner, right? And how is he going to, so the more panicky the guard feels, what is he going to do to the prisoner? Um, I guess... I don't, I'm not sure. Try to bring him back, or try well, to let's say that feel he, the same way. Yeah, he's going to try and make the prisoner feel the same way, right? Yeah. I so, so when we look at the defu situation for you, mm-hmm. clearly it's a massive benefit for you, right? Right. You're getting out of jail, right? Yeah. Clearly, it is not a massive benefit for your parents, right? Oh no. So when you feel anxiety or fear or dissociation or terror or anger, it can't be that they're your feelings. Uh. And that's why you can't control them. Right? That's why you can't, you, you can't negotiate with these feelings, right? They come across you like a truck oh, yeah. hitting a garden gnome, right? It's, it's impossible to try to control them. Right, because they're not your feelings. Yeah. So I guess I'm just wondering how I can free myself of those, or I mean at least of their control over me. I know I'll never, I'll keep feeling them, but I don't, I don't know how can I help Colleen in her process when I can't even help myself. Well, that's a perfectly, a perfectly valid question. And um, uh, Colleen, is there anything you wanted to say at this point? Um, not right now. <laughs> How about now? Now? Now. now. No, just, okay. <laughs> just like to keep on track. Right, so the question then is how do we um, push the feelings back to our parents, right? Right, right yeah. Well, um, desire and anger are the two counterweapons that we have for the infection of other people's feelings. Desire and anger, Right. A yeah. desire to be free and anger at being enslaved. The reason, uh, oh. the, the, sorry, the reason that you're having trouble, such trouble with these feelings, is that you're not angry enough. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been helpful, both of those feelings in the last week or so since we last had our problem with this. Um, when Colleen initially emailed you, I have been feeling a lot more angry, and um, Colleen and I are going to be moving in together um, in about two months, and she'll be financially independent of her parents, so that desire has really fueled me quite a bit. The desire to sort the of clean it up. desire to get out and be with her, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Because so, I'm already out. I've been, I've been out of the house for... Th- Three years now, right, right, right. Okay, so uh, give me, uh, g- give me your mom, right? G- play, play your mom for me. Like everything that she thinks or 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 claims to think or feel about what it is that you're doing. Give me, give me the lecture from hell about what you're doing. <laughs> um, and do it. Like really inhabit it. Give it to me. <laughs> I'm trying to think like oh you don't have to think you know this one off the, the but it's carved in your very brain why are you why are you hurting your family why are you going out and no no and those those what? questions are rhetorical what sorry to interrupt what's underneath that cuz she's not asking uh, right what's underneath that not why are you hurting but you're hur- you're hurting us you ch- you trying to go out on your own and be separate from us is just a slap in the face for for everything we ever taught you and the way we brought you up. We accept the, the your choices, but we still um, disagree with them. Uh, think about what this is going to do to your sisters and your dad. Oh, your poor dad, he's... He's so hurt that you've moved away, and uh, I don't know. It scares me to get in her mind. <laughs> Jesse, you, but you see, the thing is, you've got to because she's already in your mind, right? Yeah. But she just seemed, I don't know, just she's she can get so terrifying. Oh, I understand. I do, I do, right? But you've got to make this stuff conscious, right? You've got to have the debate with your mom up front. In your mind, right? But there is no debate. She's just... uh, She won't listen to me, so there's no debate. Well, there is a debate. There is a debate, just not with your mom in reality, but there is a debate that you need to have with the mom in your mind, right? Yeah. (laughs) I I just don't know where to take that, because for some reason I just get this overwhelming... uh, uh, nervousness when I start to do that. And wh- what is the nervousness? Um, I don't know. Trying to understand a crazy person, it's just... But you do understand her. You do understand her, right? I guarantee that. That doesn't mean that you agree with her. Right. But you do understand her, right? I understand she's unmoving on... She just... You know, she she would never understand me wanting to defoo. She would see it as an evil. Just see it as like... like I, I think there's two possibilities. Either she would see it as a weakness on my part or that she would see it as... Oh, I guess it's a weakness either way. She'd see me as, you know, 
joining some sort of cult or being too weak to... Okay. The reason that you're having, no, I understand. The reason that you're having such trouble with this, and I totally understand and totally sympathize mm-hmm. with this, very hard to separate, is that you are giving your mother virtually no credit. Right? She's not retarded, right? Right. Like she can read a newspaper, she can put one foot in front of the other, right? Yeah. She yeah. can do simple arithmetic. <laughs> yes. She's intelligent, right? Uh, well, I don't think near as intelligent as me, and I've thought that most of my life. Well, then why are you losing? <laughs> right? If you say, oh, my mother, she's not that smart, then it's the, why are you being beaten up by a girl guide? I think she is yep. smart. Well, she's smart enough to know how to push my buttons and Well, me... but she's winning, right? You're the one having yeah. the panic attacks. You're the one who's fighting with your girlfriend, right? Right. Well, so, it's not really fighting. It's just unable to connect. Okay. But but she's winning in this, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's, you know, e- either she's winning because you're retarded and, un- and, and, and silly, right? Which is not true. Right. Or she's winning because she's very good at what she does, right? Yeah, I guess so. I. Yeah, she's very good at... And at, uh, at making me feel guilty, making me f- uh, feel uh, imp- like empathizing with her pain, uh, right? Using my empathy against against me, right? Uh, Colleen, is that? Have you, have you met her? Is that your experience with her as well? I've had very limited contact with his mother, so I don't really know that much. Sure, you do. She. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, sorry to be annoying, but absolutely. You know, we we get people within five seconds of meeting them. Okay. So um, is she dumb? No, she's not dumb. Does she play dumb? She. I think a little bit. Okay. What else? Um, she seems to have this sort of veneer of niceness, and um, like she, she didn't really like. Whenever I talked to her, she didn't really give me her actual view on everything. She just kind of like, uh, see, you know, seemed to not want to disagree with me about anything, but just kind of be like, oh, that's an interesting point of view. And um, she just doesn't reveal very much of herself. Now, if you were to, thank you, if you were to stand at the window when it's raining, point it out, point out the window and say it's raining, would she say, it seems so, but I'm not sure? <laughs> no. No, okay, so she's no, she has no problem with certain kinds of absolute statements, right? Right. So, when does she fog? Like, what is the difference? When she when she starts giving me sort of like indirect or you know not real statements about things. Yeah. What's the me? difference? Well, whether it's if it's about something, I guess, political or um, ethical, <laughs> anything like that. That's where it starts to. I don't really. 
know what her true thoughts are about things, I guess. Well, sure you do. Right? Like, we have to assume, based on your evidence, that this woman is intelligent enough to have perfectly well mapped out the difference between ethics and facts, right? Mm -hmm. So she understands, right down in her core, the difference between it's raining and what is virtue, right? Right. That's not dumb, right? Right. She knows exactly when to dematerialize, so to speak, right? Yeah. So she's a philosopher, or an yeah. anti-philosopher, or something like that, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, when I confront her on things like this, when I talk to her, like, I asked her, what do you define as love? And she started to get into the whole, well, f- family love is unconditional. I'd love you even if you killed someone. And I looked at her and I said, I wouldn't love you if you killed someone. And and think about it, Mom. Would you really love me if you, I killed someone? And and she says, "Well, I guess I guess not, because you wouldn't be the same person. If you killed someone, you wouldn't be you." So that's that's brilliant, right? What she's saying is sheer genius, right? I was yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, that she was able to to uh, say say that yeah, that I wouldn't be the same person if I killed someone. Right. So the first thing you've got to stop doing is underestimating your mother. She's brilliant. Those answers are brilliant. Right, because didn't you get kind of stalled? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you're a smart guy with years of exposure to what I think is the greatest philosophy around on the, in the world today, uh, and you got stymied, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's brilliant, right? So I, I, I've never thought of her that way, but I... Well, either that was... or you're not, right? Or you're, <laughs> you're retarded, right? Because she doesn't study philosophy, right? No. Well, so... I mean, she liked Atlas Shrugged, but she didn't really get in, into the philosophy of Ayn Rand. She just read it and said, yeah, that was a good book. Right. So she's not studied philosophy. You have studied philosophy, and she can stall you in three sentences, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she's good, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, she is. See, now you're fogging me, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. She's. It, it makes sense that she must have some intelligence behind that fog that she creates. Okay, some intelligence. Go on. I mean, but when it comes down to it, it always comes down to her just bullying me and, until I can't argue anymore. It's not like a rational argument anymore. It's just like, oh, yes, poor but it me, works. poor your dad. It works. Yeah, it works. You're the rational philosopher and the bullying works, right? Yeah. So, that's brilliant, right? It's like it's like getting the feminist to rub your feet <laughs> on a first date, no less. Right? While calling yeah. her a little woman. <laughs> That's brilliant, right? Yeah, I'm not saying so. it's virtuous. I'm just saying no, it's no. brilliant, right? I associate I mean, I associate intelligence with virtue, but I guess that's still my objective. Oh, God, don't do, left, left over. don't do that. Leftover. <laughs> Dear God, right? I mean, by far the smartest people, the people who, as I say in the books, right, the people who know virtue the best are those who are the most corrupt. 
They're the ones who really – all the virtuous people in the world say, well, I don't know what the power of virtue is. And all the evil people just say, fine, you keep talking about that. We'll actually use virtue to control the world. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, you can't be bigger than your greatest enemy, right? Because your greatest enemy is the one who's beaten you, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So if your mother is small, you're smaller. If your mother is stupid, you're stupider. Right? Whereas if you understand the size and power of your mother's formidable intelligence and capacity to manipulate, it's okay to be beaten up by Mike Tyson, right? Yeah. And having respect for our enemies is a fundamental aspect of self-esteem, right? I don't quite, I don't understand that. Well, if your mother is an intellectual lightweight yeah. and she beats you, that means that your own self-esteem must be very low. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? I get it. I don't think I'm a strong guy if I say the person who beats me up is a girl guide, right? Right. I don't have any respect for my strength, right? Right, right. Right, so having respect for the size and power of her enemies is foundational to healthy self-respect. Because otherwise it's incomprehensible, isn't it? How could I be beaten? There must be something wrong with me. So the solution to this is to get inside of, I mean, not literally like talk to her about this, but get inside her head and and beat her at her own, or beat, uh, not at her own game, but beat her at arguments or say what I want to say I'm not sure well first of all let's let's just make sure that we've understood that respecting the size and power of your mother is very important yeah I understand right because you said I'm much yeah, more intelligent than she is and and you know I get it and she doesn't and she doesn't you know she's not interested in philosophy but I am and all this kind of stuff right right but she's taken you down with one hand tied behind her back right yeah yeah Right. So as long as you feel that she's not strong, you don't have to get stronger, right? If you already feel that you're superior to her, like if I already feel like I can take the Boy Scout and that's my only – I don't train then, right? Whereas if I, go, if, if I think I'm going up against Mike Tyson, I'm going to train like crazy, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. But if I think I'm going up against some Boy Scout, I'm not going to train, right? But if the Boy Scout turns out to be Mike Tyson, I'm going to get creamed, right? Mm-hmm. No, I definitely understand now. That's, so she is huge and powerful. She's like one of these um, many-armed Hindu goddesses with the sword and a severed head. And like, you've got to get the size and power of this woman, particularly because she's your mother, right? Right. And she's really, really good at these debates. She knows exactly what to say, when to say it. She knows which positions to take. She is a master manipulator. She is Mike Tyson. But she looks like a girl guide. That's the danger, right? They're like, hey, I can take her. Pfft, where the hell did that come from, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like every time. Right, and that's what Colleen was saying, right? That she comes across this way, but she's actually quite another way, right? Yes. Right, she looks like a jellyfish. She's a great white shark, right? 
So you've got to see beyond that outside shell and recognize also that helplessness is a very powerful manipulation technique. Helplessness and incomprehension are incredibly powerful control mechanisms from parents. Right? So, so Christina's parents, all they do is they say, just we, t- tell us what we did wrong. We don't know. Right? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We're helpless. We don't know. We we're sorry. Whatever we did, we're sorry. The power is all in you. Uh, you just tell us what to do. We'll do it. We're sorry. It's brilliant. That's how good they are. They have like grade six education. Makes me think of that scene in uh, Star Wars where the guy says it's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap, right? It's a trap. It's a trap, right? And your mother says, what did we do? We were doing our best. Can't you see that? Right. I don't know what I did wrong. Your, your offense is, is incomprehensible to me, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Because what if she says, yeah, I can understand why you'd be pissed. Never heard that, and I doubt I never ever would. Well, yeah, but but you see, she knows exactly what not to say and exactly what to say. It's yeah. brilliant. What does it mean if she says, "I can understand why you'd be pissed, and I can understand that we told you we knew what right and wrong was, and we lied to you." That we used your desire for virtue to bully, control, and humiliate you. Yeah, that's the part that's really been getting me angry lately. She knows exactly to never say that, right? Which means she knows exactly what it means. I guess I don't give her enough credit because I I would have never thought that. Well, you I mean, and she's trained you to not give her much credit, right? I think she's even told me that she thinks I'm smarter than her. I mean, in the oh, past, it's brilliant. Like, I was young. Yeah, it's brilliant. You're smarter than me. I'm a simple person. I'm a God-fearing Christian. I don't I think about these things too much. Atlas Shrugged was an interesting book, but I don't know. I wouldn't say that I understood any of the philosophy, but it was a good... Right? She portrays herself as a girl guide, right? Yeah. Then you wander into the ring. Bam! Right? Where did that sledgehammer fist come from? And then this little girl guide is... Is leaning over you saying, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's... How can I... uh, How can I increase my self-esteem? I mean, what can I do to to get myself out of these traps she's laid for me? Well, I I can't tell you that until you play your mom for me. (sighs) Man... It's like you think that if you get inside your mom's head that you're going to get infected, right? I guess. I, I just, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of scares me to think about getting inside her head. Yeah, well, you're already infected, right? Yeah. Right? It's already owning you, right? Yes. So you got nothing to lose, right? Right. And knowledge will always help us, right? Yes. And empathizing with your mom's lack of empathy and control of you will only help get you angry 
and get you free of these webs, right? Doesn't it feel like there are these invisible webs that you turn around and it's like I, now I can't move my leg and what the hell's the matter? And like, it's just like, like ash slowly settling on you that turns into a kind of lead, right? Like it's not yeah. a clear fight. Yeah, it's just baffling and confusing, and and you spun around, and then you're upside down, and like you can't ever get a fix on what she's saying, and and you just feel outmaneuvered and outdone. Like, isn't it sort of like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Always, she's very slippery with that kind of stuff. Right, but there are ver- there are a couple of basic principles that she's operating on. There's no point me telling you, right? Because you know what they are. You just you don't want to get in her head because you feel like that's unclean or something like that. But we can be strong enough to look into the face of this, right? And we have to be if we mm-hmm. want to be free of it. So, what does your mom say about your defu? What is her rage saying? How how just how dare you leave us? How dare you not be there in our old age? How dare you not be there with grandchildren for us? How dare you not be part of the family? It's basically blasphemy to think that you could ever break yourself from the family. You're wrong, and you'll find out you're wrong, and by the time you find out you're wrong, it'll be too late because you'll have already have hurt us. And then what will you do without us? Right, right. I just hate that shit. I just hate... Well, why do you hate it? What's, what's the flaw? What's wrong with it? Because a mother, should, if she really, if there's some sort of unconditional love there, if she really does believe in these things that she says that... She should let me. She should be happy that I'm being independent and figuring out things on my own, and if and not afraid to let me go out on my own and figure things out. If she just makes me mad, if she thinks she raised me right, then I should be able to. Then she should trust that I'm gonna make something of myself. But why does she think? What makes you think that she actually thinks she raised you right? Oh, nothing other than the constant. We we did the best we could. I mean, I guess there's no real evidence that she raised me right, but she's sure to tell me over and over and over. Okay, okay. So what's the flaw here, right? What makes this not believable? What makes this manipulation rather than honesty? Uh, because... She's contradicting herself by saying that I can't make it on my own. Why is that contradiction? Because um, if I can make, you know, because if I'm making these decisions on my own, she's basically admitting that she failed. Which decisions on your own? And how did she fail? Decisions to, to, to break loose from the family, to do my own thing, whatever way I want to do it. But you're not breaking loose from the family and doing your own thing, are you? I mean, you fucking hate them, right? I'm already, yeah, I mean, I'm already out. I ran as fast as I could. As soon as I met Colleen, I was 2,000 miles across the country. Right. 
you're not just off doing your own thing and breaking free. That's healthy, right? And it, it's not that what you're doing is not healthy, right? But you're, you, you, you'd chew your own arm off to get out of this family, right? Yeah, I mean, I see no benefit in, in it for my, myself. Okay, see, here's where you're getting kind of foggy, right? I see no benefit for yourself. That's not an accurate statement. There, I mean, there is no benefit for me. That's not an accurate statement either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Colleen, why is that not an accurate statement? Because it's detrimental. Yeah, it's like saying, well, if I, if, uh, if, I, uh, if I get my legs sawn off, that's not beneficial to me. Um. Oh, so you're saying that, you know, I chew my arm off to get out of that family, but I'm seeing me chewing an arm off as something that I, that is required to get out of my family? No. You hate and fear your family. Continued exposure to your family would be catastrophically destructive to you. It would continue to provoke self-hatred, self-doubt, low self-esteem, conflicts with your girlfriend, conflicts at work. It's toxic, right? Yes. And you say, it's not beneficial for me to stay there. Which means that if you stay there, it's neutral. You don't get paid, oh. you don't get punched. I didn't even realize the way I was phrasing that to make it sound like the alternative is neutral. Well, but that's what you said, right? I'm not trying to sort of pick, but, but th this language is very, very important. Right. Right. You, you sort of like in a burning building, right? And saying, well, it's not beneficial for me to stay in this burning building. <laughs> Do you see how that would sound kind of crazed, right? Yeah. Like kind of dissociated from the reality of the fact that the building is burning. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Right. So you desperately want to get out of this family and you say, well, there's no particular benefit for me staying there. And that's why, what I mean when I say you're not angry enough. Because if there was no particular benefit to you staying there, then it would be kind of a neutral decision, right? Yeah. In which case, in a neutral decision, why not make the decision that benefits other people, right? Like if it's six of one, half a dozen of the other for you, but your parents will be much happier if you stay, then you should stay, right? Especially when the one it's benefiting is one who I actually really, really love and could benefit a lot from. Sorry, I didn't understand that last part. Um, I'm, I'm just talking to my... Uh, I mean, if I were to get out, the b benefit is not just... Even if it was neutral, the benefit of getting out is not just um, because I'm benefiting somebody else. It's benefiting me too because I'm benefiting somebody who I really care about and love. You mean if you get out, you're benefiting oh. Colleen? Yes, yes. Okay. I've got to get you to retrace your steps there again just so you can see how embedded this in this is. Colleen, why was that not a particularly accurate statement? You there? Um, yeah, I'm there. Um, do, you want, do, you want to, do you want him to repeat it? Yes. Oh, I, I'll repeat it just because... Yeah, please, because I, I might have... You said that if... I do get out, it's beneficial to Colleen. 
Um, yeah, but it, I also said, but in effect, it's that's beneficial to me. Well, that's true, but um, that's not uh, that's that's not going to be enough of a motivation because that's going to feel selfish to you, right? Screw my parents, I'm going to make my, my girlfriend happy, right? That's not going to give you the strength to take down Mike Tyson. Because it's ambiguous, right? My happiness, your happiness, I'm choosing my happiness. Well, of course, there are times when we choose other people's happiness over our own, right? And that's valid and that's healthy, right? So if our baby's crying and it's the third feeding that night, right? Then we get up and feed the baby, right? Mm-hmm. So if you say, I'm well, I'll, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'm just still confused as as what my language suggested. I'm just well. I'll I, I know this is a tough one, so I'll I'll just pop the answer out, and you can let me know if it makes any sense or if I'm just farting up wind. Okay. If you say, well, it benefits Colleen if I'm not with my family, I don't think that's a particularly true statement because it doesn't recognize that if you are with your family, it's hell for Colleen. Oh. Because you're fucked up, right? You're unavailable. You can't help her. Right. No, I know. Right. It's it's horrible for her when you're with your family or when your family's in your head, right? Yeah, oh yeah. It's yeah. you you bring a kind of toxicity. She even said I act, acted different when we visited them last spring. Totally. Totally. And she doesn't appreciate the panic attacks, and she doesn't appreciate you not being there for her when she's trying to. And it's not blame, right? It's just a fact, right? She doesn't right. Oh, appreciate yeah, it when you're not there for her when, um, uh, because you're going through your defu freakout, right? Right. Right. So it's incredibly destructive to your relationship, and it's incredibly destructive to Colleen for you to even think of being around your food, right? Right. Does, does that, and that's a little bit more than, well, it benefits her if I'm not around, right? And initially that fear, I mean, I mean that knowing that Colleen was being affected by me not being able to make a decision about my family um, was, felt like a lot of pressure on me to, to make a decision without fully feeling that anger that I should feel towards them. Right, right, right. And, and just to finish up, the, the, the last thing, if I say, well, if I don't set fire to Colleen, that's beneficial to her, right? <laughs> that would be an odd way of putting it, right? <laughs> yeah. If yeah, I right. don't punch Colleen in the face, that's beneficial to her, right? <laughs> right. That is an odd way to put it. And that's uh, and this, this of course seems to- perfectly normal to you, right? I mean, this just from the outside, it's easier to see as it always is, right? Now, the second thing that I would say about this is that the decision to leave your family has already been made. Yeah, it sure feels. I mean, in in my heart of hearts, it's like uh, there's nothing to fight. There's nothing to fight right. here. There's nothing to fight. There's no position to take. There's no proof. You don't have to. Your mother's trying to lure you into prove to me that we were bad, right? Because you're debating whether your parents were bad, right? Yeah. 
But that's mad, with all due respect, right, and sympathy. But that's completely insane. And it benefits you not at all. All it does is it throws you into a tailspin of uncertainty and, and confusion and dissociation. And you have, you have these debates all the time in your mind, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's constant. This debate will never end. Should I? Shouldn't I? Was it right? Was it wrong? Should I try this approach? What if I tried that approach? She had a good point here, but now I have a point there. Uh, doesn't this go on for you continually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> no, because cause you're, you're, you know, you're trying to sail a ship that sank 10 fucking years ago. 20. You were done with your parents when you were five or four, or three, or two, right? This is something we just have to accept. It's not something we need to debate. It's not something we need to convince about other people. We certainly don't need to convince our abusers, right? Yeah. Like the woman who, to use an extreme example, but the woman who gets raped does not need to convince her rapist that he did something wrong. That would be self-abusive, right? Yes. No, I really want you to pause on that, right? Uh, I'm having a problem here, though, because you told us to confront, or you suggested that we confront our parents, and that's the reason. Or, I mean, not confront them, but ask them questions and see how they respond, and that's exact, or that's what I went back home and I did. Right, but you're not listening so to them. I agree. Look, I mean, I, I don't mean to think, go north, go south, right? I mean, I'm not trying to give you that, right? But what I'm saying yeah. is that your mother gave you all the information that you need for closure. Right? Yeah. She didn't accept anything you were saying. She rejected, argued, debated, and you walked out of there feeling worse than when you went in, right? Initially, I felt exhilarated that I was actually able to be honest with my parents, and that feeling of exhilaration kind of fooled me. Sure. Because you were honest, and then afterwards, it didn't solve the problem, right? No, we didn't talk about it at all after that. And wait, actually, wait, wait, wait. They have... Why did okay. you talk to them again? Well, because I was still in, in, out there. I was still at, at their house spending Christmas there. But why didn't you leave? Uh, I'm not saying you should have, right? I'm just, just asking. I mean, I guess I could have, ultimately, if I really wanted to, I could have well, gotten a did taxi you want down to the airport. Like, if you could have left without any negative consequences, would you have? Yeah. Right. Those are the feelings that, that you need to track. Those are the feelings that you need to experience, right? Because right. if I go to people who abused me when I was a kid and say, you uh, abused me and I was unhappy... And they tell me that I'm wrong, and they diminish me, and they, they fog me, and they won't admit to anything, and they blame me, and they claim that they're the ones who are hurt, and so on, right? Then it's like, well, I guess I know what this is all about, right? There's nothing else that I need to know. Yeah, I, re- I mean, it took me a few days of processing, but I, I really did feel like I figured out a lot about you know, that I'd never be able to get them to admit that they did anything wrong. And how does that make you feel? Uh, pissed. 
disillusioned. Okay. So they will never, ever admit that they did anything wrong. They will never, ever validate what happened to you. They will continue to exploit you and play the victim. Right? They will continue to use you in the way that they used you when you were a child. And there's no possibility of any other behavior on their part. Well, the evidence points towards that, yes. Well, uh, if you say that there, if there's counter evidence, I'm more than happy to, to hear it. Oh, I mean, she did the whole thing. Well, you know, I'm going to be selfless here and sit down and we're really going to try to figure this out. And I guess that's the fog that I'm still trying to fight. Well, but you see, but you're trying to think your way through this, right? God bless you, you're a thinker, right? But it's <laughs> yeah. not working, right? No, it's not working. Certainty is not an intellectual process. Certainty is not... Closure is not an intellectual process. Certainty is not philosophical. Certainty is emotional. It doesn't mean it's irrational or anything like that. But certainty is, how did I feel when I came out of that interaction? How do I feel when I think about what my parents did? Not, what are the arguments, and what did I say, and what did they say, and what could I have responded with better, and then there's this approach, but then there's UPB, and on truth things said that. Forget all of that. How did you feel after this? Initially exhilarated, but as it wore on, as I started, I actually wrote down everything that happened when this argument happened, and as I was writing it, I felt really just nervous and tired and just like nothing had, had been resolved and that it was all for not. Even though I was like writing down all these things that I thought maybe had been productive, I felt just, I felt bad, I guess. You felt bad? Okay. If yeah. your parents, uh, if the call, your phone rings, the call display, and it's your mom, what do you feel? Oh, nervous. So every time. Right. Right. That's certainty. Forget arguments. Okay, I won't even pick up. Sorry? I won't even pick up most of the right. time when I see her. So that's all you need to know. That's the only proof you need. There's no syllogism. There's no argument. There's no debate. There's no philosophy. There's no hidden cameras. Right? <laughs> that's all you need to know. How do you feel? How old are you? 25. How do you feel after a quarter century when your mom phones you? Nervous. That's all you need to know. How do you feel when Colleen phones you? Happy. Yeah, good answer. Right? So, but that's the difference. That's all you need. You don't need, any, you don't need any philosophy. You don't need any philosophy whatsoever because your feelings are telling you everything you need to know. Oh, the, the Ayn Rand in me sure doesn't like hearing that, but... I, I, well, I know you you're can right. keep having these debates, right? I mean, yeah. and you can see whether it's going to work for you or not. I mean, don't take my word for it, right? right I'm right. asking you to take your feelings, right? Trust your feelings. The feel these feelings, like you don't know how your kidney works, right? But it works. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't even know where my spleen is, but I assume it's doing its spleeny thing and something useful for me, right? Right. So we've got a whole bunch of shit that works in our bodies and in our minds, but we don't even know what any of it means, right? But your feelings, after a quarter century, there is going to be nothing new in your relationship with your parents. Nothing. 
Because if they turned around tomorrow and were the best people on the planet, you would be even more angry at them. There's no possibility of redemption anymore. Does that make sense? Or do you understand what I mean when I say that? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what would happen if for some reason they just suddenly... Your mom calls you up. Sorry to interrupt. Your mom calls you up and she says, Oh my God, it totally hit me. I'm going to see a therapist. I've been listening to this podcast and this crazy Canuck has some useful things to say. And uh, I'm so sorry. And she's, she's moved and she's this and she's that. I guarantee you that would leave you stone cold and even more irritated. I guess I can't imagine her doing that, but I... I... I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, for her to make that leap suddenly when she probably could have her entire life, it would piss me off. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, it's like if Colleen is choking, right, on, and, 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 and then she, like, God, sorry for the stupid story, but if Colleen is choking in a restaurant and then she dies, right, because nobody helped, and then someone else starts choking and someone leaps up and does an expert Heimlich maneuver, are you going to applaud the Heimlich maneuver, the maneuver they just did or be angry that they didn't help before? Oh, furious. Like, if you could do the goddamn Heimlich maneuver, why didn't you do it when Colleen was choking? Yeah. Right? That's us with our parents and our childhoods. If they suddenly become wonderful people as adults, it's like, why weren't you this? If you had this possibility, this capacity, why didn't you do it when it would have been some damn use to me? That's what I mean when I say there's no after the age of four, there's no possibility of redemption with parents. Maybe even three, I don't know, but there's none. Yeah. So your feelings the way out of this maze, right? This intellectual maze. Because this maze is your mother's. This is the last ditch effort of your mother. I can't convince him, but at least I can confuse him. It sure feels that way because the last communication I had with her was about oh, uh, two weeks ago about, and she emailed me and asked me, or she said she was sending me a book on... Uh, how to deal with um, anxiety attacks. It was like an anxiety attack workbook or something. Right. And it made me angry because it made me, like, she's not even, she doesn't even think, consider that it could be her. Oh, she does. Stop underestimating her. Uh, no. It's Seriously, just... dude. She, I mean, I know that I'm asking you to turn on a dime, so I'm yeah, sorry. I don't yeah. mean to be frustrated or yell at you, but God, she totally knows. I guess I, I was about to say, I, I guess she's afraid that, that I know she knows, and so she's using this to further fog me. Yeah. Hey, I really care about the fact that I cut your leg off, so I'm going to send you a book on how to dance with a crutch. Because <laughs> it's supposed to fuck you up, right? Yeah. And it did. Yeah, it did. Right. So how about getting the people out of your life who fuck you up? Because there will be no interaction with your mother that doesn't screw you up and then screw up your relationship with Colleen. Right. Right? 
and there's nothing that you need to debate. This intellectual maze of, well, she's got this point and, and she's got that point and they, they were from a different generation. They did the best they could. They don't have access to the same resources. They just forget all of that. That is your mother's labyrinth that she creates to keep you baffled and confused under her control and gets her to continue to evade what she did and what she is continuing to do. Yeah. All you need to say is, how do I feel when the call display lights up and it's Mommenstein? <laughs> Not good. Well, that's all you need to know. Yeah. There's nothing else that you need to say, debate, argue, whatever. And you've seen me do this on the board, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people debate, debate, debate. It's like, fuck it. I just don't like you anymore. <laughs> I don't care what your arguments are. I'm going to trust myself enough to know that I'm not reacting defensively. And after 25 years, you have the right to trust yourself with regards to your parents, yeah, whether yeah. you like them or don't. And the reason that we get into all of these abstract, cloudy debates about this, that, and the other, and the reason our parents draw us in there, is because you can negotiate and, and you can debate with all of this crap all you want. But you can't negotiate with your feelings, right? Right. And that's why feelings bring certainty. Because you can't say, when the phone rings, it's your mom, you can't say, I want to feel good and have that happen, right? Yeah, no, I know, I know, I can't. You can't. I could pay you a million dollars to feel good when your mom phones, can you do it? No. Right, so do you see what I mean when I say feelings bring certainty? But I could pay you hell. I, I wouldn't have to pay you anything to have intellectual debates with your mom. Because you can do that, but you can't negotiate with your feelings. Once you accept your feelings, you get certainty. You get self-trust. And self-trust is saying, okay, I'm going to follow my feelings and trust my feelings are true. And if they're not, I'll make amends, right? If I turn out to ban somebody and I misunderstood something, then I will apologize, right? Yeah. So I'm going to follow my feelings. I'm going to act on my feelings. If it turns out that I'm wrong, I apologize. But I'm not going to sit there and, and, and be paralyzed with regards to my feelings on the off chance that they may be wrong at some point, somehow, somewhere. Because then all I've got left is intellectual debate, which turns me into a fog monkey, right? <laughs> well, I'm really feeling right now like something sprung alive in me. I mean, I'm feeling just... Uh, feeling strong and angry and I want to do something about this. Right, and that's your feeling saying, praise God, he's listening. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. It's like something inside me think, saying like, whoa, he's listening. Yeah, so, you know, your feelings will become less intrusive and you won't get panic attacks when you trust your feelings. You get the panic attacks because you're frightened of your feelings and you want to intellectually analyze things. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Accept your feelings. They're here to help you. They're not sent by Satan. <laughs> right? They are the better angels of our nature. And they can't be manipulated. Yeah, that's something that's it's uh 
it's a totally different view. I'm not used to it. I think because uh, I think objectivism actually set me back quite a bit there because it really tells you that feeling uh, well, feelings follow actions. Like if you're being virtuous, you should feel good. I, I guess. I mean, I guess it, that's what we're saying here. I don't know. I'm I'm fogging it up already. Yeah, I mean, and and <laughs> this is going to look. Pauline, you're going to have to watch his back, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So when when he gets like a, when you feel like you're falling into the black hole limbo of intellectual confusion, right? What are you going to say to him? What are you feeling? Yeah. And and a little gentle smack upside the head is not bad. It's like a little reboot <laughs> for the boyfriend. That's not too bad, right? But it's like, <laughs> Colleen, you got to watch his back. When you feel confused, because when you were just talking there, I'm like. What? Yeah, yeah, I was too. <laughs> There's a bug monkey in my brain, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So you just gotta watch his back. When you start to get confused, or he's biting his nails, going in six million different directions at once, just say, "Hey, what are you feeling?" And he may not know, and it may take him. What? You know, what did he feel? When this happened, what did you feel? When did this feeling start? Right. Just go back to the root, because your feelings will give you a perfect, perfect guide. You can dance across a minefield. With your eyes closed, with your feelings. And I know that, I mean, you know me, I was an objectivist for many years, and I have a huge amount of respect for the rational capacities of the mind, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but we are also instinctual creatures. And we need to respect that aspect of ourselves. Because it does so much of the heavy lifting for us that we can't do any other way. That we just need to harness that, right? I mean, it's like, it's like you're pulling a big bag of rocks and there's a big tractor beside you, right? <laughs> and you're like, well, no, I'm not going to use the tractor, right? <laughs> use the tractor, right? Just sit in comfort. Use the tractor. Let your emotions do the uh, walking, do the heavy lifting. Um, I'm going to try to focus more on that. I, I really, I mean, I just keep muddling myself with all this intellectual stuff, so I need to... But that's your mom too, right? That's your mom. This part of the genius, right? If she can get you, ra- like, it's the old thing, right? Like, if you know that statement I've used before. I say, if they can get you to ask the wrong questions, they don't care about the answers, right? right? And if your mom can get you to ask the question, how can I prove that they were bad? Then she doesn't care what answer you come up with. If she can get you to avoid the question, how do I feel? Her work is done. <laughs> and I kept asking her that, and she... She acted like I was giving her some sort of psychobabble, like, why are you asking me why I feel this is bizarre? Right. The plus side is that you still have genuine feelings, which your mother does not. Right. Right. The only, the only, the only feelings that your mother has is whack-a-mole with control, right? <laughs> yeah. Fear yeah. and control and anger. It's, it's all manipulation, right? It's all a house of mirrors. Mm-hmm. You still have your genuine feelings. You've got to protect those and respect them. Listen to them and they'll grow and they'll become stronger and they'll really help you. Oh, that's, uh, that's the reason I'm in therapy now. I'm trying to get in touch with those emotions, trying to bring them out more. Well, no, no, they're in touch. You're in touch with them already because that's why I said, like if you'd have said, I have no idea what I feel when my mom calls, right? <laughs> right? You're in touch with your feelings, right? Yeah. You just don't want to act on them. You don't want to trust them. But you're in touch with them. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else? Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I guess it's um, 
Time to trust my feelings for once and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, sorry, Colleen, I know that we didn't get to, I was sort of going to say, but it seemed to me that this was, that was the core issue. Was that useful for you as well? Yes. Excellent. So one of you is succinct. Actually, one of us, one of us is succinct. What am I saying? You. Uh, okay. Was there anything else that, that you wanted to talk about at the moment? I mean, you certainly you've got, I think you've got some reasonable stuff to start chewing through, but was there anything else you wanted to talk about just now? I'm good. How about you, Colleen? Yeah, I think I'm, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it sounds like you have something else you want to talk about, but we could do it another time if you're busy. I just it seems a little bit. Oh, um, hold on one sec. Yeah, I guess maybe I wanted to get to what exactly we can do when this starts happening and we have these kind of conversations with each other. You mean when he's, um, like man on the moon guy? <laughs> yeah. Fog monkey. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the, 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 what I would suggest is that um, yeah, you guys went at the RTR thing, but um, uh, when, when that's out, I don't mean to be Joe Sales guy, but when that's out, pick up a copy of the audio oh, at least. Instantly. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this um, the, the the problem, Colleen, when when he's disconnected from himself, you cannot reconnect him, right? It's not like a plug, right? You know, say, okay, well, this is unplugged. Bleak, you know, <laughs> let's let's plug him in, right? Right. And it's it's a very difficult situation for you because you're feeling something very strong that you want to be heard, right? But he's gone fog muggy on you, and so you then have to help him, right? Right. When you're the one who has the problem, right? Right. But at least that never breeds any kind of resentment. <laughs> I'm sorry, does it? No. <laughs> right, so that does, right? That makes you feel resentful. Because it's like, I came in with a problem, and now I'm comforting you. Yeah, and we've discussed that part of it. Right, 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 right. I can tell you how to plug him in without having to manage him, if you like. Okay. Five dollars. No, I'm kidding. Uh -huh. All right. The, the, the way that you do it, Colleen, is you say... I feel X. It's not your fault. I'm not saying you caused it, but I feel X, right? So if you're talking and he's like giving you that thousand-yard fog monkey stare, right? And you just know he's disconnected, right? Mm -hmm. And you would then feel what? Or it's not so much disconnected as it is like, well, just for an example, the other night when I said, you know, I just feel like I want to defu now. Like, I just want to do it right now. And he was kind of like, it was all of a sudden jumping in like, oh, how would this happen? How would you be able to do this? How would you be able to do that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, this, it seemed like it was meant to kind of confuse me almost. Sure. And then I, I guess you guys started debating about whether these things were possible or not? Yes. Yeah. See, that's a bad idea. Right. Right. Because what you're doing is you're saying, well, he's actually concerned about the logistics, which is not true at all. And you know it's not true, right? Right. Right. So what you say is not, well, but I can do this, that, the other, right? Because <laughs> then you're debating at the level of 
form, not content, right? The content is he's just feeling anxious, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, first of all, Rich, stop doing that. But uh, <laughs> secondly, mm -hmm. uh, secondly, what you say is, when you tell me that there's all this, that, and the other that I can't do, I feel annoyed. Right? I'm not saying you're doing because a bad person, or maybe you're totally right, but my feeling is that I'm annoyed, right? Because then what you do is you refuse to get drawn into debating the surface of things, and you actually go to the core. The way that you reconnect him to his emotions is you continue to tell him what you're feeling. Right. And you know what? I think she, I mean, she did that, and what the result was is I actually was like, I broke down. I was a mess. I was, uh, I say that again, I was crying. <laughs> and I started crying really bad, and I couldn't stop, and I was like, just... I couldn't even come out of it. And how did that make you feel? I was scared because... Sorry, she... I, was, uh, I meant Colleen. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. No, you, uh, my, my mistake. Sorry, Colleen. How did that make you feel when he was crying, sobbing, right? Actually, I just... I mean, how did that really make you feel? I felt a little irritated, actually. Right, right. And so what do you do? I didn't really do anything. Well, what what should you do? What what should I do? Um, tell, him, tell, tell him that I, I felt irritated at him crying, but I didn't really know if that was, you know, exactly the right like the, the right way I should feel. But that's the way I was feeling. Right, because you can say with some sensitivity to the fact that he's bawling his his eyes out, right? But you can say, look, this might make me the coldest and meanest bitch on the planet. <laughs> Right? Maybe I should be Oprah hugging you to death right now. Right? Maybe this makes me the coldest, meanest, nastiest girlfriend in the planet. But I got to tell you, your crying is really irritating me. And I don't know why. Because you don't, right? You don't exactly. You don't know why. But, but yeah. I'm really irritated by this. Right? It's not to say you, you don't have to stop crying. It's not because our feelings aren't commandments for other people, right? So he's allowed to cry, and you're allowed to be irritated. Mm -hmm. And you don't know why he's crying. He doesn't know why he's crying. Maybe I didn't publish a podcast that day. That would make sense to me. <laughs> right? But, but he doesn't know why he's crying, and you don't know why you're irritated. So you say, I'm irritated. I don't know why. Maybe this makes me a totally mean person, but I'm irritated. I don't know why. And then you follow that. Try and understand it. Talk about it with each other, right? Because what happens right now is that one of you gets emotional and the other person's got to sort of stand there like their needs totally unmet, right? But it's okay for you both to be emotional at the same time, right? Right. But as long as you continue to tell him what you're feeling without blaming him, without putting it on his shoulders, without trying to control his behavior, as long as you continue to tell him what you're feeling, that's how you reconnect him. It's in, and you'll hear this when, we, when you hear the couple of role plays that we did uh, in Miami. You'll hear this, right? Where it's impossible to remain non-empathetic to somebody who's empathetic with herself. Right? If you want him to empathize with himself, you have to relentlessly empathize with yourself and tell him what you're feeling. Can you explain a little? Well, um, we could, uh, I could show you, uh, we can take another few minutes if you'd like, and I could sort of show you what I mean uh, if you wanted to sort of play rich and I could play you. Okay. 
All right. So uh, and I'm, I'm going to get everything wrong here, and I apologize for that in advance, right? So I'm Colleen, and I'm like, man, I, I just woke up this morning wanting to rip this family off my chest like yesterday's hair, right? Like I just want to – I want to break free. I want to I wanna get out. I want to run. I want to sprint. I just want to blow it all off and, and move on with my life. Well, how would you do that? How do you think you could get that done? I mean, do you really think that's the best thing to do right now? Okay. Um, let's just, uh, when you say that to me, Rich, I feel a little bit irritated. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I feel like it's, uh, suddenly I feel like, uh, I feel a kind of doubt. Uh, I feel a kind of uncertainty. And I also feel, uh, not saying you're not listening to me, but I feel like I'm not hurt, right? Does that make any sense to you? Like, what did you feel when I said, bam, I want to blow my family right out of the water? Well, I felt really anxious. Okay, and, and why do you think you felt anxious? Because I think it brings up the question of my own family and me. Right. Now, when you say that, I feel... And this made me make me the meanest girlfriend on the planet. I feel a little more irritated. Can you think why? Because I'm changing the subject to myself. Right, right. Like I have this very strong feeling, which is new for me. Like I'm just ready to blow this shit out of the water, right? And then it's like, oh, but what about this and this? And, and you feel anxious and all that. And I, I understand. Like I sympathize. I mean, you've got a difficult situation with your family. Right, but it feels it feels. I'm not saying it's true. But it feels a little bit like a hijack. Does that make any sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's put your family aside for the moment, right? Just for the moment, right? And let's talk about my feelings, right? And we'll get to your feelings, and I'm not sort of trying to eclipse them or whatever, right? But, but I get first dibs. Like, you know the guy who plants the flag on the island first? He gets first <laughs> dibs, right? So let's do, do me, and then we'll, we'll sort of do you, right? Does that, does that make sense? Yes. I mean, that would make me happier, because I'll tell you, I mean, we could do you first, but I'm going to feel resentful, and I don't think I'd be very good at doing that, if that makes sense. Right. And I really do want to focus on your family issues, right? But I want to sort of process what I came, came to the conversation with first because then what I can do is really f focus my attention on you. Whereas if we just sort of go to you right now, I'm going to feel like, fine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fine, we'll, we'll do your thing and then we'll get back to my thing, right? Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And now, uh, sorry, just to break out of the role play, that's to some degree an example of just saying this is what I feel and it's not your fault and I'm not saying it's true, but this is how I feel. And did that help? Is, is that a way of helping you to get more of what you want? Yeah. And did you understand that it's impossible to fight me on that, right? And, and the reason that I say that is when I talk about how I feel, no one can tell me that I don't feel it, right? Like, right. if Rich is having a panic attack, nobody can tell him he's not having a panic attack, right? Right. Now, if, if, if somebody says, I think you're having a panic attack because it's raining, right? as soon as you put a conclusion in, then you, people can fight you, right? 
Right. But if you just say, this is what I feel, I'm not saying it's true or valid. This is what I, nobody can argue, right? And so when I was playing you and you were playing, there was no way that, that he could argue with that, right? Yeah. I think where I go wrong sometimes is when I, I try to guess at what his, why he's feeling a way and, and like say, this is, I think you're feeling this way because of this. Yeah, and you can only talk about what you feel and ask the other person what they right. feel. Right, okay. Right? Yeah. Like that's the only yeah. valid thing that you can do because you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you know for yeah. sure, it's not important that you know, right? It's important that he knows. Right. Did that did that help to sort of give you another way of approaching it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, did you go so when you when, sorry, let sorry. me just finish this last point. Did you see that when when I said as you, I feel irritated at this, what did you feel that you as him were able to say I felt anxious, right? Right. And the reason that that he was able to say it when, quote, you were saying it's because we get other people to empathize with themselves by empathizing with ourselves, right? But being, when we're honest about what we feel and don't blame the other person, the other person will immediately become honest about what they feel, assuming they're not crazy parents or whatever, right? <laughs> right. Sorry, uh, Rich, you were saying? Oh, I was just going to say when you guys were doing that role play, I mean, I saw that situation going a lot better than in the situation that happened. I mean, I don't see myself completely breaking down if that had, if it had to happen that way. Right, right. Well, I mean, the, part of the reason that you broke down was because of the pain of the interaction, reminding you of the pain of the past, right? So if you change the interaction, you change everything that follows. Right. Well, this, is, this has all been really helpful, Steph. I, I appreciate it. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Uh, look, I mean, you've, you've got a Mike Tyson on your hands, right? So it's no disgrace to have been beaten up, right? And uh, so uh, let, me, let me sort of compile this and send this to you guys. Uh, have a listen. Personally, I would be a huge fan of releasing this as a podcast, but uh, it's up to you. Uh, let me know. I, I think that there's so many people going through this kind of stuff right now uh, that uh, it would be, but... Uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, how about you, Colleen? Yeah. Oh, you guys are heroes. Mwah! There it is. Okay, but I'll send it to you anyway. Would you mind having a listen to it uh, just before I go ahead and release it? Yes. Okay, I thanks remember. so much. No, I wouldn't mind. I will, uh, uh, I will post it in a few minutes on the Skype chat window. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.